For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The Testimony of Yeshua. This is part one of the series. So what is the testimony of Yeshua? The Torah and the Ten Commandments is called the testimony, and testimony in Hebrew is a dut. And how the Torah and the Ten Commandments is the testimony of Yeshua is because he gave the Torah at Mount Sinai. And so what we're going to see in this teaching, based upon the foundation that Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai, and for a more detailed teaching regarding this, I encourage you to get the DVD that I made, Yeshua the Lawgiver. Nevertheless, we're going to share with you a summary of the fact that Yeshua did give the Torah at Mount Sinai as a foundation for understanding this teaching on the testimony of Yeshua. So we're going to see that Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai and the Torah and the Ten Commandments is called the testimony or the edut and the Torah and specifically the Ten Commandments is broken into two main category of commandments. There are commandments that are linked with how we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then there are commandments that fall into the category regarding how we love our neighbor as ourselves. When Yeshua was questioned by the religious authorities of his day, and they asked him, what is the greatest commandment in the Torah? He replied that the greatest commandment in the Torah is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. But how do we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength? And how do we love our neighbor as yourself? Well, the answer to that question is we're going to see in this teaching that the category of commandments that tell us how we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, they are called, and it's most commonly translated in the King James as statutes, but the Hebrew 
word is hokim. And hokim commandments are commandments that are regarded as decrees, things that the one in authority says should be done because of the authority of the one who makes the decrees. And because they are decrees, they are not always logical to the human mind and human reasoning. So ironically, while in Christianity, if you would ask the average Christian who regularly attends church and seeks to live their life according to the Bible and its principles, if you would ask them, do you love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength? And of course, they would answer yes. And do you try to love your neighbors yourself? Of course, they would say Yes, this is the standard by which I conduct my life. Yet, what we're going to see is at the end of this teaching, we're going to then look at what are commandments in the Bible that are regarded as statutes or hokim. And among the list that we're going to see that the Bible calls hokim, are commandments such as keeping the Sabbath and keeping the biblical festivals and the proper way in which you are to eat. And so while in traditional Christianity, a person who regularly attends church and is seeking to live their life to please the God of Israel, to please Yeshua the Messiah, that they are not pursuing those commandments specified in the Bible that are regarded as commandments that are associated with how we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. So once again, those commandments are called statutes or in Hebrew, hokim. And among those commandments, the Sabbath and the biblical festivals and the proper way of eating are among the category of commandments that are called statutes or hokim. And then the other category of commandments is often translated in the King James Bible as judgments. But when we read the word judgments, we don't get in our mind and in our thoughts and in our understandings a proper perspective of the meaning of what does it mean to keep the judgments of God? Well, the Hebrew word is mishpatim, and mishpatim, if you do a detailed study on it, you will find that mishpatim are commandments that tells us how we treat other people and how we love your neighbor as yourself. And so these commandments, which are often regarded and associated with moral commandments, are commandments that are logical to human reasoning. Like most, if not all, the people on the earth want to be treated fairly, and they want to be treated nicely, and they want to be treated with honor, and they want to be treated with respect. And so Mishpatim commandments are commandments that tell you to do these things. And so what we're going to do in the teaching is first, I'm going to share with you a summary of thoughts and insights regarding scriptural evidence from the Torah, the prophets, and then the New Testament that Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai. And then we're going to show you how 
the Torah and the Ten Commandments are called the testimony, which in Hebrew is a dut. And then Yeshua's Torah and his Ten Commandments are given to the congregation of Jacob. The congregation of Jacob is the name of his covenant people, of his covenant family, also called the nation of Israel. And so congregation in Hebrew is Adah. So Yeshua's testimony, the Torah and the Ten Commandments, is given to his people, the Adah. In other words, the testimony, the Adut, is given to the Adah. And in Hebrew, Adut and Adah are linguistically linked and associated with each other because the root of Adut and Adah is the Hebrew word Aid, which means a witness. So we're going to see the purpose and the function of Yeshua's Torah and the Ten Commandments, the Adut that was given to his people, the congregation of Jacob, the Adah, and the testimony was given to the congregation so that they could be a witness and aid of the one that gave the Torah, Yeshua, the Messiah. And then we're going to give you a very detailed scriptural overview of the link and the connection of keeping the Hokim and Mishpatim, often translated in the King James as statutes and judgments. We're going to see the importance and the significance of how the scriptures outline for us the importance of keeping the Hokim and Mishpatim. And ultimately, what we're going to see in that is a biblical characteristic of the bride of Messiah who's going to dwell forever with him in the New Jerusalem, one of her attributes and characteristics is she keeps the Hokim and Mishpatim of her bridegroom, that is Yeshua, who is also the lawgiver, and she keeps Yeshua's Hokim and Mishpatim by the help and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And Yeshua's Torah, Ten Commandments, his Hokim and Mishpatim is written on her heart by the Holy Spirit. And that is the new covenant. And the Torah being written upon our heart by the Holy Spirit is also the will of the God of Israel. And so after we go through the scriptures and we show you the importance and significance of keeping the Hokim and Mishpatim of the lawgiver, we're going to conclude the teaching by giving you a specific list of what are the Hokim of Yeshua in the Bible. So then we have a clear picture and a clear understanding regarding what the God of Israel is expecting when he gives us a commandment to love him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And so oftentimes when people think regarding loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, they associate it with this emotional feeling that in my heart, in my feelings, in my desires, I love him. But Hebrew is verb and action oriented. And so it's more than just a feeling that we have in our heart and an emotion that we have for the God of Israel. 
that this has to be demonstrated in action. We have to show him we love him by what we do and how we live our lives. And so that's why Yeshua said in John chapter 14, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. And another summary regarding how we love our neighbor as ourself is found in Matthew in chapter 7, verse 12. And this is often called the golden rule where Yeshua taught, therefore, all things whatsoever that you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them. For this is the teaching of the Torah and the prophet. So do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. So this is an outline in the summary of the major points that we are going to share in this teaching. So that being the case, let's now go in the detail regarding these points that are going to be made in this teaching. So we're going to begin by sharing with you a foundational understanding to understand that the testimony of Yeshua is given to his people. And if you believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, then you are a part of his covenant family. And so in order to understand how you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself, keeping the whole king and mishpatim, that the foundation of this is understanding that Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai. So we're going to give you some scriptural proofs to show that Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai because the rest of the teaching is built upon this truth. So to begin with, we're going to look at Exodus in chapter 3 and verse 2. And this is an account where we're going to see that the God of Israel is speaking to Moses at the burning bush. But let's pay careful attention regarding who is it that is speaking to Moses at the burning bush. And so our text says in Exodus in chapter 3 and verse 2, and I'm reading from the King James Version, which says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, that is Moses, in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. And so the text says it was not God the Father who appeared to Moses at the burning bush, but it says in the King James translated English, the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses at the burning bush. So normally when we read in English in the Bible angel, we're probably going to think of someone like Gabriel or Michael, but this is not referring to Gabriel or Michael or any one of what we traditionally view and understand as being in that angelic class of entities. The Hebrew word here that is translated as angel is malak, and malak means a messenger. So an angel is a messenger. So therefore, we can translate the Hebrew word malak as an angel. But not all messengers 
messengers are angels. And so if you or I are called and sent by the God of Israel to go do something to perform a task, we are his ambassador. We are his messenger that he is sending to proclaim a message of the kingdom of God to others. And so you and I are not angels. We are not of the angelic class. And so therefore in the Hebrew then we need to understand that it says the Malak, the messenger of Yahweh, appeared unto Moses at the burning bush. And so this is the same thing that we're told in the New Testament in Acts in chapter 7. So if we look at Acts in chapter 7, in verse 30, it is written, And when forty years were expired, there appeared to him, that is Moses, in the wilderness of Mount Sinai, an angel of the Lord in a flame of fire in a bush. So once again, when it's referring to angel here, it's not speaking of someone like Michael or Gabriel or of the angelic class. It is referring to, as it says in the Hebrew, a messenger of the Lord. And we can also see this in Acts chapter 7 and verse 35, as it is written. This Moses, whom they refused, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge? The same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. So twice here in Acts chapter 7, it says that a one that appeared to Moses at the burning bush is the angel of the Lord, or in Hebrew, the messenger of the Lord. And now when Moses is having conversation with the messenger of the Lord, so the point being here is the messenger of the Lord is not God the Father. It's the messenger of God the Father. It's the messenger of the Lord. So when Moses then is having conversation with this messenger of the Lord at the burning bush, the text says in Exodus in chapter 3 and verse 4, and when Yahweh saw that he turned aside to see Elohim called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. So now the text in referring to the conversation that the messenger of the Lord is having with Moses, the text says that Yahweh spoke to Moses, that Elohim spoke to Moses. So the messenger of the Lord is called Yahweh. The messenger of the Lord is called Elohim which is God in Hebrew. And so we can see here how the Torah is showing us that the messenger of the Lord is Yahweh and the messenger of the Lord is Elohim. So in Exodus in chapter 3, now given that it's the messenger of the Lord that's having conversation with Moses and Exodus in chapter 3 
in verse 11, it says, Moses said unto God. Well, who's he speaking to? The messenger of the Lord. And Moses says, who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, this is the messenger of the Lord given a reply. And the messenger of the Lord here is referred to as God or Elohim. And he said, certainly I will be with you, and this shall be a sign unto you that I have sent you. When you've brought forth the people out of Egypt, you will serve God upon this mountain. So once again, the messenger of the Lord, the text is saying, is God. And then in verse 13, Moses said unto God, he's speaking to the messenger of the Lord. Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me unto you. And they say, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said to Moses, well, the God that's speaking to Moses is the messenger of the Lord that appeared to him at the burning bush. And so who would this messenger of the Lord be? it would be Yeshua, the Messiah. And so now Yeshua is going to tell Moses his name. And we read it in the English, I am that I am. And he says, thus you shall say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. And God said to Moses, well, the God that's speaking to Moses is the messenger of the Lord that appeared to him at the burning bush. And so it's I am that I am that appeared to Moses at the burning bush. And this I am who is the messenger of the Lord said, this is my name. I am the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. So the messenger of the Lord wants to be known in all generations that he is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, and he is the I am. So this is why we see in so many scripture passages, particularly in the book of John, where Yeshua speaks of himself as I am. For example, in John chapter 8, verse 12, Yeshua said to them, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And then in John and chapter 14 and verse 6, Yeshua said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes in the Father but by me. And so then we can see that Yeshua is making a connection when he's speaking to the Jews in the book of John that he is the I am. And of course, knowing the Torah and knowing the account of the children of Israel being delivered from Egyptian bondage, that it was Moses who was sent to be the one by which the redemption from Egypt is going to come through, that Yeshua, in amplifying the importance of knowing and believing that he is the I am, 
It says in John in chapter 8 and verse 24, Yeshua said, I say to you that you will die in your sins, that if you believe not that I am, and the word he is in italics, which means it's not in the Greek text. So Yeshua, in speaking to the Jews, he says to them that if you do not believe that I am, you will die in your sins. And so what's he making a reference to? The conversation that Yeshua, in the form of the messenger of the Lord... Well, that's going to conclude part one of the series on the subject, the testimony of Yeshua. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.